So welcome to today's MTD podcast. I am CTPE Limited today, a precision engineering company in Mildenhall, uh, a company with quite a reputation. Uh, we've been here a few years previously looking at some of the machines that have been installed. Today, I'm going to be talking to Alex Taylor, who's a director of the company and has been for some uh, for some years now. We're going to be talking about their involvement in the medical sector, of course, with what's been uh, going on recently within that industry, and also some of their investment plans. I mean, a business that really is growing, and uh, we'll find out a little bit more about that as we go through the show. Um, Alex, welcome to today's podcast. Maybe um, for our viewers, you could give us a little bit of a, the history of the company. It's always Good to know where you came from uh, before we know where you're going. Okay, so CTPE was started by my father um, approximately 30 years ago now. Um, just started as a as a sole trader, um, offering small volume production, low batch and prototype and work. Um, and then sort of gradually over the years, um, we see the introduction of CNC machinery, um, grew as a company, m- moved through some larger premises, and here we are today. Um, where we are now. Now we're in Mildenhall in Suffolk. When we, we travel all around the country, but we, we're here pretty infrequently. Is there as much industry over in this area as some other parts of the country? And I take the answer to that is probably going to be no, but what are the, what are the critical industries that, that you're servicing that are based around this location? Um, so, I mean, the, the backbone of our, of our of our customers is in the scientific and medical industries, um, of which there is some um, within this location, but also obviously in other places of the country as well. Um, And we also, in more recent years, have sort of expanded out um, into the electronics and defence industries as well. Um, Defence industry being, in the last couple of years, one that's grown very, very quickly for us. I mean, my my points, I suppose, are going towards the fact that if you, if you if we went to the Midlands, you know, every two three hundred meters there's a, a precision engineering company, or maybe a bit more distant than that. But round here, have you got much competition? Um, there, there is a few other subcontractors in in the sort of Cambridgeshire area, which is not too far from where we are. But yeah, I mean, it, obviously, we're not as densely populated with um, machine shops as as what the Midlands and and possibly Northern England would be. And how would that affect you when you're trying to find staff? Um, yeah, I mean, it can be challenging. Um, I think it's challenging for everyone in this industry at the moment to find um, good staff. Um, we, we've got a good program of apprenticeships and got a proven track record of um, taking apprentices on and, you know, and, and keeping them keeping them in the job as well. Um, you know, so they're not just leaving once they've, they've finished their apprenticeship. You know, we've actually given them full time permanent positions and they've they've stayed. Now, I'm really impressed to be here today, Alex, and thank you f- for the invitation to see some of the new machines that you've had installed and talk about some of the ones that are just around the corner as well. Um, but tell us about what's happening within the medical sector for you and how you've become so busy in recent weeks. OK, so obviously, Given the, um, the the outbreak of the coronavirus and the pandemic that's going on, um, our one of our largest medical OEM customer, who that we've been supplying for 25, 30 years nearly, um, they saw a huge demand for their products, which are diagnostic equipment um, for intensive care, um, and obviously. With, with with that huge um, order requirement from them, is means that their suppliers um, are also under the same. Um, requirement so basically they they came to us with a list of parts that we'd previously been making in in not such large volume um and then 
you know, we, we had to ramp up production. Basically, that they asked us if if we could make these quantities. So that's what we that's what we chose to do. And um, when you look at your machine shop, you're very well equipped to be able to adapt quickly. Some of the machines you've got, sliding head technology. Um, you know, high-speed brother machining centres. Now your Belia Y-axis lathe. They're quite important. It's quite important, isn't it, as a, uh, for a company to be able to be agile and have machines of different technologies to be able to produce parts uh, in volumes. Absolutely. I mean, we always we always try to invest in the latest and most productive equipment that we can that that, that we can get our hands on. Um, obviously. We're always looking to do sort of new technologies. So sort of four years ago, we branched into slide and head turning, which was new to us. Previously, we'd only ever done fixed head. Um, and that's opened up new avenues for us and also allowed us to increase our production further. Um, and then obviously, like you said, the BT30 machines from Brother, they've been um, a fantastic uh, addition. Going from the BT40 machines that we previously had, the BT30 brothers are are reducing the cycle times by 50% on more or less every component, um, as a, a lot of them are aluminium. And yeah, it's just that it's been they've been a game changer for us. And it's been quite the reverse for you compared to a lot of companies that have been shut down now, maybe for you know eight, ten weeks, and maybe even a, f- a few more weeks to go. Um, you've 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 sort of bucked the trend, haven't you? No furloughing of staff. In fact, you can't get enough, can you? Absolutely. Um, with, with the situation that we're in at the moment, we are, you know, we're so busy. We, we certainly haven't been furloughing anyone and, and we'll probably be looking for additional staff later on this year, I should think, yeah. And what are the challenges you face as um, subcontract engineers these days, Alex, compared to maybe when you first started or when your, your uh, dad first started the company 30 years ago? Um, pressures from customer to, to, you know, cost reduction is always is always one that we, you know, that I'm sure many other companies deal with as well. Um, and, and shorten the lead times. That's probably been the biggest the biggest thing for us over the last sort of five or six years where we've been on our sort of high growth and high investment path that we've been on. Um, cus- customers' lead times, um, expectations are, are very short. You know, they're one to two weeks a, a lot of the time. Um, and obviously, we, we have to make sure that we're flexible enough and have the correct equipment that en- enables us to respond to our customers' needs as and when. And, and what would you have to do in those lead times? Would you have to do so much as help them design a product or is it simply a case of here's a drawing, we need 500 of these in 14 days? Yeah, it's it's, it's more of a case of, um, yeah, we, we need the parts um they, they come to us the past. We don't really get involved too much on the design side unless they specifically want us to work on a project, which we have done as well. Um, your investment plans here, Alex, you, you, I mean, it's quite evident to see. Of course, this is a podcast. We can't see it on camera. But if you've seen some of the videos on the MTD CNC channel, uh, if you're listening, you, you'll be able to see just how much space there isn't here at the moment in the company. And that's that's a good thing because it's been as a, as a result of your investment and the growth. What are your plans to, to keep on this path of success, Alex? How are you going to expand the business? Well, we've um, we've got plans drawn up for an extension to our unit to the rear, um, two stories high, and that's going to give us an approximately another thousand square foot of machine space, um, with an additional thousand square foot of office space as well, and that's also going to allow us to sort of reclaim some of our existing office and assembly space downstairs for production as well. So, that that is that is you know we've completely outgrown a unit we're in realistically, but um, the extension is going to sort of allow us to stay here for probably another five to ten years. 
Um, so that's what we're um, that's what we're planning on doing. And let's now talk about some of the technologies that we have touched on, but we'll maybe go into in a little, little bit more detail. Sliding head machining, your, your Tornos machines that you've got here, not just one, but two now. This was the first for you going from fixed head across to this um, uh, this type of machining. What was the driving factor, Alex? Um, volume, basically. The, the, vol, you know, the, the volume of the parts that we had been previously making was just increasing all the time and, and we just found ourselves struggling to cope with fixed head machinery. So we basically knew that the, the only way to manufacture these components um, in, a, in a bigger volume uh, would be to, to, to go in, into sliding head and that's what we did with Tornos and approximately coming up four years now. Is there a um, is there a big learning curve in this? Because I know we, we talk a lot about going from one fixed to sliding head. Sometimes companies are apprehensive to change the, the, the methods of manufacture, change the way they they look at their business. Um, would you would you advise against that? Would you say that this is something that is quite easy to get to grips with? Yeah, I, I would I would say that um, it is it is fairly straightforward. I mean, obviously there there, there is differences and and there is things that have to be learned, but. You know the, the servants and support we've had from Tornos. You know their their training when we had the first machine was very good, and you know by the by the time we've had that for two years and we bought our second Tornos, we were sort of really comfortable with it by then, and we didn't really sort of require that much training on the second machine because we were you know we'd, we'd built up an experience over the two years. Can can you see how they've managed to adapt their technologies to be able to fit in businesses like yours? You know, long gone are the days where you had to have 20,000, 30,000 off of components, aren't they? That, that That's history now. These are quite adaptable machines. They're quite powerful as well. In fact, the Tornos machines you were mentioning to me earlier have got 10 kilowatts of power on both the front and the back spindle. So they're capable as well as adaptable, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Um, very flexible machine. Um, whether it's it's high volume which they can do or like you like you alluded to that we can um you know we can equally set up parts and only run sort of a few hundred off and it still be economical tornos will work hard to make the make the machines quicker to set um and and basically that that that's the payback there that you can now do smaller volume on that style of machine but still get the accuracy and all the other benefits of unmanned running like you do with a sliding head. And with that being the case of those two machines, you, your next machine that we've come to look at as well today is the Belia 620YS, a bigger machine, much bigger machine, much bigger bar capacity, still with the Y-axis, still with the ability to do multi-face machining and multi-axis machining. But but why not go for another Tornos? Is it is it really just down to the size of the machine and the bar capacity? Yeah, um, definitely. It's, it's, it's the capacity. We, we, we still have a requirement for um, much larger parts made out of much larger bar than what you can get sliding head machines in. Um, so we, we currently run up to two inch bar, um, sometimes actually 65 as well. So, And you did have previously single spindle turning. Now you've gone to the twin spindle on the fixed head. Has that made much of a difference? Has that improved productivity? Again, is this another another stamp on this, the successes of your business in being able to maintain that level of production for your customers? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, be, being able to have um, one hit machining for a range of bar sizes all the way down from sort of three millimetres all the way up to 65, 70 mil um, is, is, is a fantastic thing to be able to, to, be able to give your customers. You know, we're pre- previously we were, we were having a multi, multi-operation parts um, in larger diameters due to the equipment we had. But with the Belia coming in, obviously we're getting all our parts finished in one operation and they're coming off finished. So 
the payback on that is is fantastic. And it's quite interesting because you mentioned about the parts previously where you were having to do them, uh, you move them from uh, operation to operation. There was also deburring involved in that, but now that's all being done on the Belia machine. You've got 15 tools on the turret on this machine, haven't you? So that that's really opened up. Um, well, that's given you more flexibility in how to create the components, isn't it? And the workflow almost of the of the job. Yes, definitely. Um, obviously, ha- having having fifteen tools on on a, on a, a turret is is very beneficial. You can have lots of live tool capability on that machine. Um, and like you said, the, the parts come off fully deburred because we can have those extra deburring tools on there. So there there is no more handling on that part. Um, in high volume, which is not what you want to do when you're making three, four thousand of one component. You don't want to have to be um, deburring those by hand. And am I right in saying there's about 40 kilowatts of power on that Belia machine? Yeah, on the main spindle, peak power is yeah, approaching 40 kilowatts, which is so it's a bit of a beast of a spindle, really. It, it, it is incredible technology there. Um, right, onto the milling before we uh, conclude this podcast, uh, Alex. You, brother machining centres, BBT30 machines. You've got three of them now. We came here, I think, when you had one. They've obviously made a difference to your production on milling. Um, what would you have to say about the Speedio product? I, I think personally they are probably one of the best machines for, for aluminium component machining. Um, the, the productivity that you can get out of the BT30 spindle um, is basically unsurpassed by anything else on the market. Um, the, the, the rapids, the tool changes, a combination of everything. And not only are they fast, the accuracies are far superior than our previous machines um, and surface finishes, everything. So, Is there a, a possibility that you could have halved cycle times with these machines? Definitely. I mean, pretty much most components in aluminium that we've put on the, the, the brother machines, we've halved from the, from the previous BT40 machine that we were machining them on. Because I always think as well, when you're machining on these machines, we see them moving around. But if you're cutting a lot of swarf, do you ever have any problems with having to retreat and get rid of swarf out of jobs? Are these factors you have to put in now when you're, ma- when you're cutting so much metal so quickly, that removal element? It is, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the machines do have quite a good swarf management system as standard with uh, chip wash and, and, and bed flush and everything like that and high-pressure coolant. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're making a serious amount of swarf at the moment on these machines. And it and, is, you, and they've also multi-axis. You've also got the five-axis units on them as well, so you can do multi-face machining, five-sided machining. That must just add to what you can offer. Absolutely. Um, you know, being able to, to offer five-face machining reduces reduces setup time and reduces um, handling time between operations that we were previously doing. And obviously we pass that benefit onto our customers in a cost reduction and also the shortened lead time. Um, and it's, it's definitely the way to go. And the, the way we've got our machines configured, we have the five access table up one end and we've still got um, a decent amount of bed space left on the machine to um, fix your free axis vices. Because those Speedios 700, I think, is the, the bed length. So they've got very much gone from that mill drill, drill tap machine to a, a, a vertical machining centre now, haven't they? Now, your next um, purchase, which isn't here yet as we speak, but probably will be in a week or two's time, um, from White House Machine Tools again, we've got an Averex horizontal machining centre. Now, we don't, and I know we've had this conversation before this podcast, we don't see too many horizontals out there certainly not as many as verticals and possibly five axis as well sometimes surprises us at mtd because they are such workhorses such production cells is that the reason you've gone for this averex machine alex just to go one step further to make those parts uh, or to keep the spindle running really absolutely i mean 
making the jump from vertical machining centers up to a to a horizontal multi pallet machine is 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 the next step up for for sort of our volume production. Um, it's something that we've had in the pipeline for a while now, and obviously given the um, how you know our, our order demand from the medical industry. Um, during these times, basically, it's 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 brought that to a head, and we've decided to go for it now. So, what will you be able to do? Load one pallet up; it'll be machining. Um, you'll be setting the other pallet, so you'll be able to go home at maybe five, six in the evening if you're lucky, uh, and you'll get another four or five hours out of out of the second pallet. That's the difference here, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it's keeping the spindle up time, you know, well into the ninety percent. Whereas, you know, versus a, a single table machine, a vertical. You know, you're going to spend half, half the half the shift probably loading and unloading the, the components. Whereas- There's so much dead time on VMCs. We see it everywhere we go. In fact, there is a statistic out there: uh, a VMC can be less than forty percent efficient in terms of its spindle runtime. But as you say, you can get this up to ninety here. But you can go beyond that as well, I believe, Alex, because with the Averex machines from White House Machine Tools, you can actually. Um, add pallets to the uh, pallet or add a pallet pool to the machine so you can increase the amount of um, kind of tombstones you've got with with parts set but then in then in turn people might say well well, I need more tools well you know you can add more tools as well you can add to the tool capacity these are options that were in the mix for you and and, and really pushed you in this direction weren't they they were indeed Um, obviously make an investment in machine it needs to be flexible um and it needs to be able to sort of grow with our business as we do um there's not many horizontal machining centers on the market that offer the flexibility of what the AverX machine is going to offer us um so we we've, we've taken a standard configuration two pallet machine with 80 tools and then in the future when when we need to we can um expand the machine to a six pallet with up to 220 tools if need be um, and that can all be done on our site within one to two days um, and obviously the, the cost of adding that is nowhere near the cost of buying a whole additional machine. What's the education going to be like though going from the vertical environment to the horizontal? You've got a few guys out in the, in the machine shop at the moment, I'm sure pretty astute guys, well versed on uh, machining technologies but you know, talk to me about how you're going to change the programming, how, how you're going to change to um, put the parts through the production cycle because now you're not going to have to set the part between operations are you? Is it going to be quite a simple journey to learn? Yeah, we're, we're hoping so. I mean, obviously, once we've got our our high volume repeat work set and fixtured, um, obviously, it will just be a matter of, of of loading the fixture and changing the program and and then and loading the material in and off we go. Um, so, I mean, obviously, with any sort of palletized machine, initially is where your big your, your, your big time expenses when you first have the machine getting the jobs programmed, fixtured, and set up and the tools in. But once once they're in there, the, the beauty of having you know, um, pallets and and a large capacity tool changers. You can leave it all in there, all set. You can leave the programs in the memory and basically you can just pick and choose what you want to make on what day. Um, when you w- watch stuff that we do and of course other, you know, when you research your, your engineering and your machining, uh, how big is automation now and how important is it for you in your opinion, for your company, but not just for your company, for industry on a whole here in the UK? How important do you think automation is? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely the future of manufacturing, um, not just in the UK, but probably globally. Um, we've we've looked over the last few years at how we can automate things that we are doing that aren't you know that are very labour intensive. See, we start started off with simple things like bar feeders on fixed head lathes. Then obviously, then we talked sliding head. Um, obviously, that good level of automation on sliding head, you know, they they run lights out. 
they run on their own unmanned throughout you know large hour, large shifts um, and then now what we're looking to do on the mill side is do the same automate that so obviously the AVRX is coming in as a is a pallet machine obviously two two to start with in the future will be six um, and then but yeah I mean obviously that's what everyone's trying to do the, the more the more unmanned hours you can get out and the longer you can keep the spindle uptime the spindle running throughout the shift um, the better really and, and that is the future because obviously as more and more companies invest in that style of technology and that style of manufacturing um, if you're still making things in the traditional way of having one person standing in front of one machine um, loading it and unloading it you know you're just not going to be competitive if you were having to do what you need to do now in your production two years ago with the plant that you had would you be able to cope absolutely not no um, when I look at the level of of, of production we're doing currently um, yeah t- to think where we were sort of three four years ago without the investments in what we've done we you know we certainly would not have been able to cope good stuff thank you very much uh, Alex for the invitation here today uh, that's been a fascinating podcast here at CTPE uh, we're travelling the country at the moment talking to engineers that are involved not just in the medical sector but every sector we want to see industry back and booming again so uh, thanks for listening and uh, Alex thanks for your time good luck going forward and good luck with the delivery of the new AVAREX machine thanks very much for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.